I'm Danny. And I'm Damika. And we are biracial unicorns. The minisode. Minisode time. Ah, I'm so, I need this. I'm ready. I'm so ready. Yes. <laughs> I feel like I've All done like the a minisodes. really good. Yes. Yes, definitely. I am so, so what people don't know is that we try to stay organized and keep track of all of our minisodes. And I was just looking back at our list and it's really diverse. I was really proud of us. <laughs> <laughs> just to toot our own horn. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I no one else is going to do it. I feel like you need that in 2020. You just need to say, look at that. I think it's a wellspring of nerd and geekdom. I think it mm. presses over many things. And so I'm ready. Well, I will say this week's topic, I did share it with my husband that it was going to be this week's topic before mm. we started recording because I was singing some songs as I was getting ready to record. And he was like, his reaction was, oh, wait, you haven't done that yet? That seems so obvious. I can't believe you haven't <laughs> talked about that. Okay. Okay. I think you'll really enjoy it. All right, I hope you'll really enjoy it. I'm, we're about to find out. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. All right. All right. So singing songs. All right. Yeah. I, I feel like it checks a lot of like lists for you, but I'm realizing we haven't talked about this particular topic explicitly. Oh. So I am assuming that you are a fan of this, but you might not be. People do have very divisive op opinions yeah. about this particular <laughs> fandom. Okay, so of course you would bring up something very divisive. I think it'd be weird if you didn't. So yeah. I, I'm ready. Okay, so here are the things okay. that I think it checks for you. Okay. One, mm. it's a musical. Ooh. Two, okay. it's science fiction. Ooh. Okay. Three, it's something with like a cult following. Ooh. Four, the version that I want to talk about is the movie version, which stars your homeboy, Tim Curry. <gasps> Let's do the time warp again. Is, exactly. Is yes! <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me all the things about Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ten minutes on the clock. What are your thoughts? So I I can't believe we haven't talked about this either. Can I? I'm actually legitimately shook. Right? Right? Have we not talked about? So are you a fan? Obviously, if you're singing the songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I so on top of someone who just loves Tim Curry. I also prefer my curry with fishnets. So mm. can we just, I mean, if you want to talk about like this iconic gender bending middle finger to society, I mean, th this is it. This is so beautifully iconic to this. And I'm just like, I'm into him, her, it, I'm into this. And it was so, I remember watching it for the first time and I felt like that was probably one of my more risque I felt quite rebellious I felt mm. I don't know because to them I'm pretty I'm pretty square if anyone like offbeat meets me and I'm okay with that I own that very much so but this was like probably one of the very first movies that I watched where it was just like something inside me was like awakened and it's like oh, I like this and why do I like this it was so it just blew my mind it was 
the stereotypical format of a musical. You have intro, star-crossed lovers, there's some uh, conflict, and then some kind of resolve. And so it follows that basic principle, but it has this beautiful, odd darkness absurdity to it. And I, I have been a big, big fan. I feel like it's not fall until I watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. It's one of those yeah, ones I have to watch. It does. I think it's good year round, but it does like seem to ramp up the the vision of it in the public zeitgeist like really ramps up come close to halloween right so it's it's the time of year for rocky horror right now it totally is what was your first real experience with the rocky horror um i mean i remember watching the movie several times obviously when i was young not that young young adolescent and I was I was into it. I loved it. I mean, it was already my style, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, fishnet stockings and glitter and dyed hair. Like that was kind of where I lived already. So I think a, a difference between you and I is like while you feel like you can hang with like the weirdos, I am the weirdo. <laughs> Uh, so, so I, like, I already was, like, into it. Aesthetically, I was there. Little punk rock Danny. So, so I was into it. I didn't see a midnight, and I guess we can get into this in a little bit. I haven't, I didn't see a midnight showing of it until I was maybe 14 or 15. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was super fun and I think really changed the way that I thought about the show. Um, like I was aware of what what the fandom was like, but my first experience with it wasn't until I had already been familiar with the movies, the mm. movie version for several years. So that was that. But yeah, I, I think it was just we're young it, it happened before we were born so i yeah. feel like we like it was a different experience for those of us who like grew up in a world where rocky horror was already a thing mm-hmm. but it's the movie itself like was not well received um, oh, no. at all when it came out but I mean, it was based off of a stage show, which was kind of well received because they made a movie of it, um, and and the show actually went to Broadway like a year after the movie came out. So I mean, it was it's such an interesting thing and something we see happen a lot in in kind of this genre fiction fandom world where like something comes out, it's not popular. And then it like builds slowly <laughs> over the course of years to like cult status. So yeah, Rocky horror is just like such a warm place in my heart. <laughs> I haven't, I haven't watched it in a couple of years. I don't Ooh. think, but I, but I listen to the album pretty regularly. And there's a version of the album that I really love uh, that's just punk rock covers of all the songs. Oh, yes. So I really, like, I just love the music. I love the aesthetics. Like you said, the costumes are so iconic. Costume nerd Danny, uh, (laughs) a bit of a deep dive. So the costume designer of the film, Sue Blaine, 
didn't even want to do the film. (laughs) (laughs) But then she found out Tim Curry was doing it and she was a friend of Tim Curry. And she was like, okay, I guess I'll do this. For Curry. For Curry. I'll do this for the Curry. And so she she did it. I think the budget was like something like sixteen hundred dollars for for all the costumes. I just assumed uh, everyone brought their own top hat. It was like yeah, yeah, yeah. set, bring your own top hat. <laughs> and she had worked with Curry in a different production in Glasgow where he had worn a corset, a women's corset. So she like borrowed from that theater yes! the corset that he had worn in a different production. It's so cool. And then uh, she also like when she designed and these are like such iconic costumes now. But when she designed for the, the movie, mm-hmm. she didn't even do any research, which is like unheard of. She didn't. She had never seen any science fiction films in her yes. life. And she just didn't do any research and just kind of like was like, this is what it's going to be. Bam. (laughs) (laughs) But this is this is one of those rare instances where it just worked because had she had that mind frame of science fiction, because the here's the thing, like when we talk about it, technically it is. But the thing is like more thriller and horror and glam rock. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Flipping meatloaf. And I think that's why it actually preceded its plot line because you're right. We had this really heavy rock driven music. So when you're thinking about the production in 1975, that is still not necessarily the mixing genre of something you would see on a main stage in Broadway, having this really driven percussionist kind of beat. That's not necessarily driven by like traditional melody streams does that make sense and Mm -hmm. so when you have this that is that heavy dialogue driven of broadway but with this undertone driving rock rock and roll spine it was really thrilling so i think it brought in this like you said punks weirdos and freaks that are like wow i'm starting to see myself and the dark and the macabre on stage because think about it in the 60s and 70s we're still getting over like Godspell and you know like we we have all this kind of like this is that post hippie kind of era and now it's just like the darkest like disenfranchised kind of mindset and it's so it's beautiful it is it's artistry in the most absurd way and I actually have such an interesting when we talk about cult classics isn't it so interesting that I feel like Rocky Horror Picture Show still very much is a cult classic, but there's, it's still so beloved. So at one point is something a cult classic when it's also still kind of recognizably like beloved? Where, when does it end? Does it ever stop being a cult classic? It becomes popular. Like, where is that line? Mm, that's an excellent point because like at this point is it a cult classic like it it opened in london in 1973 and it has pretty much been performed somewhere like the stage show has been performed somewhere continuously since like (laughs) is that really a cult classic isn't that just general like a classic popular (laughs) yeah Yeah. i don't don't know know, because i even remember like something like when um a Nightmare Before Christmas kind of came out. It wasn't the popping classic, that, but now 
so many people love it. It's so covered by bands. It's just, it's like a, a staple in everyone's, you know, Christmas slash Halloween year round list. And like, now I think it's just popular now. And to me, I look at Rocky Horror and I'm like, I think this is just a classic now. Because mm-hmm. it is. It's so, I mean, from the dance moves, I mean, who doesn't know how to do the time warp? I don't know why more people don't do it at weddings. Right? Right? It <laughs> should be a wedding dance. It should like, be. Yeah. It's a great line dance for everyone to do at the same time. It is. It's cha-cha slide, macarena, <laughs> cupid shuffle, and the time right. warp. <laughs> for real. Yeah. <gasps> Oh my goodness. We hardly got into it. (laughs) Because this is actually so amazing that you bring this up because literally last night we, we got to tell the difference between my husband and I, and I think you've probably seen this online and we did it without really connecting to it. My husband was like, this is how I knew my, my wife and I were different because I love Tim Curry, but I knew him from home alone. And like another mm-hmm. movie, uh, some other, he's like, so I knew him from like kids movies, but my wife knew him from like it and Rocky Horror Picture Show. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, that's in Clue. Freaking love Yeah, Clue. I was going to say Clue is like the iconic Tim Curry role. So good. And he, he had not seen those until we got, we, until we met. And he's like, you can just tell a lot of, by a person, by where they know Tim Curry from. He's like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> But to be fair, I feel like Rocky Horror was his start, right? Like that was Mm -hmm. like his first rise to fame. Like he was in the original London cast. He was in the movie. And then he was in the original Broadway cast. And really, it was only him and Richard O'Brien who were in all three of those things. And Richard O'Brien, who played Riff Raff, Mm -hmm. was the writer (laughs) like he created Rocky Horror like he wrote the stage play and he co-wrote the screenplay so like it was just the two of them that were in all of the casts and and that was like the beginning of Tim Curry's like very public career I guess Mm. all right I know we're up but dream role in Rocky Horror Mm. Mm. I mean I think if I'm being honest I would have to be Columbia. Mm, really? Yeah. What what draws you to it? Who would you cast me <laughs> as? I mean, I thought you were just going to go to speak because I think you're not afraid to go there with gender. I thought you were going to go with Dr. Frank Footer. I thought you were just like, I can do that role and just be unapologetic. Oh, I would be into it. And I've played roles that are like similar in a sense, but they're always supporting roles. I'm not mm. really like a lead actor. I'm like a supporting actor, but mm. <laughs> I'm also not a strong singer. <laughs> but I don't think anyone else outside of Curry is a strong singer. Mm. <laughs> I think that's what's so great about the show. I, I think, could they all sing? Yeah, they could, but would I classify them as strong singers maybe not hmm yeah I don't know if I can sing (laughs) (laughs) and I feel like Columbia gives you that room where like you don't really have to sing like Mm. the role is more of a dancing role really than a singing role it's spunk it's more spunky yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, but I, I could I could get on board with Magenta in terms of like Ooh. character arc. I, I think she's a real interesting role. Yeah, I think that's I think so. that's where I am. But mm. uh, Columbia, I think, is honestly the only role I would be cast in if I were cast. <laughs> How about you? I would I'd love to be Magenta. I, I think same thing. I love her, her character art. I would, of course, for me, I've always been like, ah, I know singing wise. I mean, if they were doing a blind casting, they'd probably voice wise put me as Janet. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just I that's just the way I sound. But I would love a chance just to be able to take a crack at Magenta. I think it'd be so much fun to just kind of let it go and just let it rip. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Magenta seems super fun. Mm hmm. Oh, so good. I, I mean, physically, I should be Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into it. I see it. I see it. I mean, and if we're going that, then I would have to be Eddie. And then- <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm a thick girl. <laughs> Which I would, I would low key do that. Okay. So, oh, I, oh, I know we're going over time. The ending. Oh, the ending is so weird. Like, it's even though I've so seen it, I've seen weird. the movie so many times. But like every time the ending is happening, yes. I'm like, wait, what? What is happening? That <laughs> like makes, every time, even though I've seen it, makes me feel so much better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I have to be. I can't be alone. That I have watched this umpteen times, and I. Still, on the outside of just being scandalized, I'm just like, I'm sitting there and I'm like, but this, this is why I think this is so beautiful. You just enjoy. You just accept that everyone's got these sexy garters underneath. You just accept that the whole time this is technically an alien movie. You just accept it. There's no, there's no, you just do it. And it is a mind job. And I love it, but it's one of those things of like, if you just accept it, you get to enjoy it. And if you try to explain it away, people, that's where you can kind of get the tension of people who don't like it and don't get it. I'm like, no, it's just, it's technically a glamour rock alien movie. Yeah. (laughs) You just accept it. (laughs) Totally. Oh, I can't wait to watch it. I'm so stoked. (laughs) So good. Such an autumn film. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean... There's the whole proposal in a graveyard, technically. Mm, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's true. and it's trans uh, in Transylvania. Yeah. So it takes a lot of boxes, like you said. It's The Frankenstein place. It's gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, obviously, a narrator. Who doesn't love a good narrator throughout the tale? Mm-hmm. I, he has no neck. <laughs> which... The less necks, the better. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. Yeah, we didn't get into the realm of the midnight show and the callbacks and the throwing toast and all the fun. But just know we're aware and we love it. And we do. And oh, you brought up such good points about fandom. That's when I realized how beautiful fandom and dressing up can be. Oh, well, you know me. Like any opportunity to dress up to a thing and I'm like... 100% more interested in it. Which also is like the Columbia in me. That's like the groupie fangirl in me. It totally is. 
I see it now. I see it. It's all it's all coming together. And oh, all right. I'm so excited. Can we have all right. ten more we minutes? Went- we went, we went so over. We cannot have 10 more minutes. Because I want to talk about Janet's story and her uh, life coming into her sexuality. And uh, uh, We didn't even get into the LGBTQ, how integral it is yes. to like the movement and how mm-hmm. like it's just this beautiful depiction and like people have like latched on like is a, a representation of bisexuality but like in my mind dr frankenfurter is not like he's pansexual yeah and, like, it's, it's it's a whole thing i love it we <laughs> i we could very easily fall into talking about it for far too long so i think we should just stop <laughs> <sighs> till next time Till next time, <laughs> if you have thoughts about the Rocky Horror Picture Show, make sure you hit us up and let us know all your thoughts. I'm sure in this COVID world, midnight screenings are not happening, at least no. not indoors. Maybe they're happening outdoors. Ooh, even better. The birds can eat the toast. Yes. Yes. And the rice. No, you don't <laughs> no. want birds to no, eat no. the rice. Don't That's throw right. Rice. Throw yeah, bird do seed instead of rice. Yeah, and grapes. <laughs> <laughs> I love great. So if you're a fan of the show, you should, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, that is, you should send us pictures, tag us on social media. I want to see everyone's like Rocky Horror looks that would just warm my heart as we move into October. (laughs) I love it. Oh my goodness. I know what I'm doing. We have to get off. I'm watching it right now. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Bye. All right, y'all. We'll be back on Tuesday, next Tuesday, with a full episode, and in two weeks with another mini-sode. Gotta go so Damika can watch Rocky Horror Picture Show. Shh, the credits are starting. (laughs) All right, y'all. Peace. Out.